Um, yeah, welcome to the Blue Ballers podcast. It's been a long, long time again since we last did one of these, but there's a good reason for it. It's because you've been doing your exams, so you've been studying, and um, it's kind of been convenient because we've not been, uh, <laughs> we've not faced the best of times the last <laughs> few weeks, um, and it kind of got topped off today. Um, before I kind of get into that, but it's been very difficult to watch our team lately. It's not been easy. Um, everything's been out of sync. Nothing sort of made sense. Uh, I've been calling for logic ball to take place, which is simply playing players where they play best and getting results. But none of that has happened. And it's been extremely frustrating. It started, I think, when we, we lost against Arsenal. I felt there potentially should be a change because there's there's a big season ahead of us. You know, we've the most important games of our season are ahead of us. And, you know, it, we've just hit a point where, where it sort of started to come apart and it became more and more obvious that Frank Lampard has hit his ceiling as a manager and as Chelsea head coach. Um, it was reported today this morning at about eight o'clock, nine o'clock, that Frank will be sacked by the club. Um, and it happened. They announced um, Frank's sacking. Uh, we even got a, a personal note from from the owner, Roman Abramovich, which was, I think, was a nice touch. It showed that it meant more than just, um, you know, sacking for a manager. It, you know, it was for someone that is so closely affiliated with a club. But I think what needed to be done has been done. And there's been a lot of reaction to, to that. Um, firstly, what do you think of the situation as it stands? Frank Lampard is no longer our manager. Um, I didn't want him to leave for quite some time. And this this was actually quite a surprise because I thought he would have you know more time to really um, get the team together and get some results, but it's come quite quickly. And apparently, it was uh, decided, I think maybe probably sh- shortly after the Leicester game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought that he would have more time. So it's it's quite abrupt, but it is I quite. Think... Yeah, go on. But no, it's down to the board, really. If they feel that he can take them any, if he can take the team any further or not. So, if they felt if they felt that he can't, then you know that's their decision to make. Mm-hmm. I felt you know post Leicester, the, the sort of things that he was saying, he wasn't throwing the players under the bus, but I think he was alluding to the fact that players weren't ready to compete. They weren't ready to to commit to a game plan where by they had to work hard and they had to do certain things tactically to carry out um, his plan to win against them. Leicester obviously are a very good side at the moment. They're, they're, you know, firmly in top four contention like they were last season. Um, But, you know, it was the sort of game where you saw, you know, okay, this, this must be the end because it won't get any better than this. 
at, at this point it's it's not going to suddenly pick up and you know the season gets turned around it looked like a performance that was delivered by a man that knew he was getting sacked and I, I don't think it was particularly the Leicester game I think it was any game between now and the end of the season is when you know they would have pinpointed that and said you know it's not good enough we need a change and we need a change now the only thing I would say about that is they could have done it after Leicester um they could have used Luton as a sort of game to give the players a sort of period to adjust and you know um you know, if they were able to, as as reported today, it's going to be Thomas Tuchel that comes in, which I'm very happy about. But um, it could have, could have given him a bit of time to to get in and, and adjust and and understand the the roots of the of our current dressing room. Um, but they didn't do that. They did it post post Luton, which was a really good result, a lot of really good performance as well. Um, you know, through to the next round of the FA Cup. Uh, but, you know, overall, it just seems like it was bound to happen, you know, whether it was now, whether it was in a, in a month's time. Um, and it's not because he wasn't able to um, get these players together, you know, the new signings and all that. It's It looks like it was because he's hit his ceiling as, as a manager tactically and, you know, uh, you know on, on the touchline in his in-game management. It just looked like he reached a place where he didn't know what else to do and at an elite club you know where you, the expectations are sky high you need to be a bit better than that and which is very strange because I think when we saw him last season he was changing things he was changing the, the formation the way we're, we were playing you know either long balls or build up you know slow build up or whatever but this season it seems very it seemed very rigid it, it seemed like you know, he had one way of wanting to play and, you know, it almost reminded me of, of Sari where, um, you know, he would stick to that 4-3-3 and use the same players week in, week out. Um, of course, we didn't do that. You know, obviously, Lamps has had rotated and he brought in Hudson-Odoi and all that. But overall, it just didn't seem like something he was ready to compromise. He wasn't ready to change anything about this team to get results. It was It was about having high performance levels in this formation in this style and i don't know it just you know i'm really confused and more than anything i'm confused as to how any of this has happened because it, it all seems so promising at the start um you know at the uh, at the back end of last season okay we lost against Bayern really badly but there was still a lot to be positive about about you know, coming into this season with the new signings and all that. But he went with that 4-3-3 with the two high number eights. Um, obviously, we had injury issues. So, you know, he obviously played Timo Werner out wide. Uh, but, you know, overall, it, it wasn't about any of these little things. It was about the bigger picture of what's more important, the performances or the results. And for me, I mean, I know we spoke a few weeks ago about like the team's performance levels and all that but you know we were outperforming everyone on, on xg on possession on shots on target um pass accuracy so you know we like our stats were up there you know like we, we weren't performing like a bad team we weren't performing bad enough to to suggest 
you know, this manager is not good enough. Um, but, you know, it, it's really confusing because he's taken it so far and yet he's not helped himself in this situation. So how, how do you sort of balance that? You know, where you have an idea of how your team want to play, but you know you have to you have to deliver. It, yeah, it's, it's quite tough, you know, to stay faithful to your you know to your your plan, your master plan, and at the same time have to get results, especially if the team is not on its like best form. Because we had that run, that really good run, where the team was on form and it, we were sticking to that four three three, which we had uh, newly discovered. Um, you know, as a as a main formation to stick to, but then it was a, as I even said it before as well. You know, when if if things stop stop working, then change it. Um, I think that was when we had Verna on the left and Tammy in the middle. Um, but it, we just started to get bad results towards the end of it, and we stuck with a four three three. So, yeah, and, you know that's just where it went all downhill. So I think that's that's the point where he needed to to change things up, and you know focus on what's the best way to um, to work against an opponent. And he's probably done that, but I think there's just been many different issues that has come along the way that has just not worked out in his favour. Honestly, I can't for the life of me understand why he didn't change things when they needed to be changed. And, and you know, okay, you have Klopp and Guardiola who are quite married to the idea of 4-3-3 or 4 at the back um, but a lot of managers a lot of talented managers they know when to switch formation they know when something is not working they know when the chemistry is off they know when the opponent has sussed you out and, and worked out how you function in this and like I said Klopp and Guardiola are probably the only two managers who teams probably can't come up against and, and you know overthrow their I wouldn't say rigid tactics but you know practice tactics you know and and sometimes you have to just you know tip your hat to them and, and say okay cool you've you've developed your players to a point that you know they'll continue playing this formation and they'll continue winning games because they are so comfortable you know going and coming and and you know their movement is so top class that you know they'll, they'll constantly create and they'll they'll obviously keep a lot of clean sheets um but i don't think lampard's at is at that point at, you know right now he's three years into his into his managerial career and it it just it it felt like he was trying too hard at something that he's not qualified for yet he, you know we saw him last season against um tottenham where he went through at the back um and it, it was away at, at, at tottenham and we smashed them two nil you know uh, we pulled off one of the best wins for me in, in the last decade um switching to that to that 3-4-3 for that game and then the very next week or a couple of weeks later we are Arsenal away and he started the game with 3-4-3 again he, it didn't work and he hooked Emerson off before half time got Jorginho on and we went on to win that game you know so it showed he was he was ready to be tactically flexible and he understood how to set a team up in those formations. And this was before guys like Anthony Barry and all that. So you know that it was something that him and Jody Morris were. were um, Jody Morris obviously has also left the club um, after, you know, the club decided to, to sack Frank. So it's, it, it's all very confusing as to 
why it's come to this point and and why we're having to talk about Lampard getting sacked because I, I didn't want him to get sacked um but I very I believe he really did bring it on himself and and if he had changed a couple things it could have been a very different conversation I mean in the last few games uh well not few games in the last two games we've seen um uh 4-4-2 being played so I don't know if he was if he was you know now ready to change it up and try some you know try something new to get the best out of mm. the of Timo Werner and uh, even Billy Gilmore was introduced as well in this in this uh, last game and Mason Mason obviously started uh, started the game a lot deeper against yeah. Luton against Leicester so, so there, there was signs of him almost you know sort of changing things it, it, I think Leicester was probably the nail in the coffin it probably yeah probably took him too he, he probably got to it too late you know by the time he realized that that's not going to work and he, found, and he figured out he figured out a new formation it was already done and it's really unfortunate because it seems a, just a bit premature now because you really believe that he could maybe just have um sparked something new um with this new formation that we yeah. we've been playing so it did seem like he was about to to turn over and change his ideas. I think also, you know, it's difficult because you're leaving out Kai Havertz, who I feel doesn't really fit into that four-two-three-one. You know, he, he's such a talented player, but and he has played several formations. It's just that if he's not playing number ten. In a four-two-three-one, there's very few other places he can play. I mean, I, I wouldn't have him on the on the wing. I wouldn't have him in midfield. So it, it did become a bit difficult to envision how that would go. That four-two. Would you would you have him up front in that kind of formation where he can him and Werner can play off each other? Honestly, I think I prefer Tammy in that in that role, and not just Tammy, but guys like Harland, um, you know, big guy even Giroud, who I feel are more. Uh, become more target men target men mm-hmm. they sort of use that role to either supply the players around them or they become a target man in the box you know to get on the end of crosses and all those so uh, you know uh, I think it would have worked well if we had assisted with it it would have meant that I think Havertz would have had a lot less a lot less minutes um, but in terms of our objectives you know, our performances on paper were great, but our, the results just weren't there. And, and, you know, it's difficult to say if we had continued with him, it would have changed because, you know, at what point do you pull the trigger or, you know, what point do you realise as a club that, OK, right now it, it's a risk, you know, keeping him on is, a, is, is going to risk us making top four, which means there are going to be financial implications um, our pool for players next summer will be very, very low because I, I can't imagine the top, top players, the Timo Werners and, and Kai Havertz is joining a, a Europa team. Um, and, you know, we're obviously after players like ha- like Haaland and Donnarumma who obviously won't touch a Europa League team. So it's difficult to sort of um, predict what could have happened. But I think, I think that the, the sort of the haste was because of his status at Chelsea. I think there's no doubt about that. I think if it was any other manager, it would have been done in December. And I think they would have brought in someone like Lampard 
in January to fix this team and to get them going for the second half of the season. It's just not worked out that way. And it's unfortunate, but it's football. You have to accept, you know, the, 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 these kind of moments as fans. Um, because not everything will, will go your way. Not everything will, will happen the way you want it to. Because there's a lot more involved, you know, on, on the, on the, at a different level. You know, that if we want to continue enjoying Chelsea and enjoying Chelsea in the Champions League and, and signing top players, we have to ensure that we're making top four. We have to ensure that we're winning big trophies. There's no doubt about it. So for us to sit here and say, you know, the club should have kept stuck with Lampard um, because it could have changed, you know, his formation could have changed something. It's too big a risk. Um, and I can understand fully why they've why they've done it now. Um, but it's just unfortunate. Like some of the some of the reaction to it has been it's been so mixed like on social media especially i think social media is the only place you can sort of get proper reaction these days but um a lot of chelsea fans that didn't want him to go because they you know they believe we owe it to him um because as a player obviously he gave us everything so you know in these sort of times we should be doing the same for him and i get that i understand that and then there's the other side who who kind of had enough and, and they saw Oh, it's so difficult to, to see it. I think I think it's because it's fresh that it will, you know, all the emotions will boil. But when it comes down to it, it's not goodbye forever. You know, it's not farewell. It's just see until you next later. time. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be until next time. Yeah. So I'm not too upset by that because I know he's Chelsea through and through. So I expect to see him again sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I think. Some fans understood, you know, it, it's not, it wasn't his time to, to manage us beyond this point, which I agree with. Um, he joined no, uh, He joined Chelsea at a time when I don't think any other manager would have joined, you know, having a transfer ban. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only pretty much the youth level players. Yeah, but I, I mean, the, the hunger was there, you know, the, the ambition to, to succeed was definitely there from um, his side from from his side for sure and that's why from you know, both sides from, from both sides I, I think the club wanted really wanted him to succeed as well i think you know he he was brought in for a purpose and yeah. that was one to to rebuild the relationship between the fans and the club who which i felt was very disconnected um that, yeah you know, after, mean, after like, conte yeah yeah after conte it, it was you know, um, there was a, there was a clear discord between the, the fans and the, and the club, and then I think having Sari made it even worse because I don't think he um, sort of appreciated them the way they wanted to be appreciated. That's the fans I'm saying, mm-hmm. but he got us playing really good football towards the end. He won us a trophy. Um, he obviously joined Juventus, so there was a real, um, you know, real damage left over over the last few years since I think probably Mourinho left it became a thing of okay now we've got Conte we we have this guy that we love and he's successful and he's um uh, dynamic and and has charisma so let's enjoy him and then you know we got that got taken away and then you know it, that's what I'm saying it, it, there was so much damage caused between those years and Frank sort of came in and just brought everyone together 
Yeah. And we all knew we all knew full well this wasn't a guy that had huge pedigree as a manager. We knew what he was about as a player, but they're so it's so different, obviously, um, as many players find out quickly, um, being a manager and being a player. Um, but the way he came in and, and just brought this team together and the, and the club together, the fans and the board and everything sort of was moving in a positive direction. And it was just so crucial. You know, if we are successful for the next 10 years, it's because of the foundation that he laid. He came in and laid. Um, and he, you can't give him enough credit for that. It, it was really... Uh, no one could have done it. No one could have done what he did. And, and he definitely served that purpose. And then the second thing that he did was bring not just bring in youth players but create a bridge between the academy and the, and the first team which yeah for a long time was there was it was non-existent there were so many talented players um in our academy who went out on loan proved themselves and then we sold them for profit and that was sort of we got used to that we saw glimpses of really talented players and then sold you know and we never got to see them in a chelsea shirt and you know, on some level, you 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 like to believe that one of them are good enough for for Chelsea, and we as soon as Lamps comes in, we see five of them. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's like it's unheard of from our side to, to see those many players get an opportunity, and it wasn't an opportunity to get ten minutes off the bench to get himself, you know, a Chelsea cap. It was to be a first teamer. It was to compete with first team players. And they broke in and they made it their own. And, you know, that is solely down to Lampard and Jody Morris and Joe Edwards. So, you know, it was, I think he objectives. Um, but like I said, you know, it, it, he could only go so far as, as, a, as a tactician, as a manager. Yeah, I, th I think he's done exactly that. He's, he's coming at a time when I think no one else would have dared to have done it and the job he's done has been fantastic at doing those two things as you've said mm. i don't think i don't think um any other manager would have been able to deal with a transfer ban and then through this whole cri uh covid crisis as well the way he's dealt with it you know the i think he's done it exceptionally well mm -hmm. um <laughs> the results you know, are, are the results at the end of the day and it just hasn't gone in his favour towards the end of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously from his from his statement as well, um, it seemed like quite a formal statement. It didn't seem one that he sort of hand, hand wrote, but from his statement, you could tell he was disappointed to not be able to take the team forward in his own words. Mm -hmm. um, he felt, you know, there was room for improvement you know, with him. Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, he would say that and of course he would think that and believe that. Um, and of course, we, we would want that to happen. It's just, in yeah. speaking as well, I find it I find it difficult to blame the board for a lot of decisions that they make because I feel, if you're the most successful club, football club in England for the last 15 years, 16 years, how can you question the board? how can you question their ways they've obviously they've obviously got a strategy a method for every situation and if Tuchel is you know a failure if he fails at Chelsea fair enough but 
you know, it's it's hard to see them, fail, uh, you know, getting this decision wrong. Yeah, yeah. I hope for the board's sake that they have made that tough decision of sacking Frank in favour of a much better tactical manager. Mm. At least yeah. experienced, experienced manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I think. Yeah, there's so much more we can say about Frank, but you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it's the it's the business, it's the way things go. But I, I'd I'd like to talk a bit about Thomas Tuchel, mm-hmm. um, who I mean, it's all but confirmed at this point. Um, Thomas Tuchel will be the next Chelsea manager. He arrives after getting sacked by PSG a couple uh, a month ago. Um, didn't have a didn't have a good start to the season and they you know the sporting director Leonardo didn't see eye to eye with him so they parted ways they parted uh, company but this is a guy with huge pedigree both in the Bundesliga and in Ligue 1 and in also the Champions League um, he's renowned for being able to develop and improve players of all ages um and he seems like a real, you know, I don't want to say this in the wrong light, but he looks like a proper geek the way he talks about football. He he looks like he's obsessed with the game. Um, and I'm a huge, absolutely huge fan of him. I think he's... It's hard to compare managers to Guardiola, but I think he's the closest to Guardiola we have in football right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. I followed his journey at Dortmund um not so much at PSG but I know that he um got on really well with the players at both clubs um he is quite high maintenance in that you know he does sort of demand quite a lot from from clubs um and you can see that with PSG's current squad it's not up to par with recent squads so he obviously wanted to improve them mm-hmm. um and the same at Dortmund as well you know that it's they, they sort of think he's got the Italian sort of persona for a manager, but he's very much Bundesliga in his, in his instincts and in his ways of attacking. And he, I mean, he, he has, he's, you know, self-confessed Guardiola uh, admirer. So, you know, I think we're getting a damn good manager. Uh, I have a question. The squad that we have right now, do you think it's well suited to... The type of football that Tuchel wants to play. It's absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, he's very, very dynamic in his approach. He likes to be innovative and, and create small passages of play during a game through different players. Um, it's not the same stuff over and over again. So it's not, you're not going to see, you know, an overkill of, of, crossing or you know long balls or whatever it's quick very quick passing quick movement um the thing with between Lampard and Tuchel I think will be the difference is that Tuchel comes with a lot of experience on how to train players Mm -hmm. right he knows what will stimulate a player he knows what will get them to understand that level of of tactic of ta- uh, sorry tactical information and i think at this point it's such a young squad 
if they can really take to Thomas Tuchel and understand him as a manager, they'll be getting an education from one of the finest tacticians on the planet. And when I say he's as close to Guardiola, you know, more than anyone, I really, really, truly, you know, once he comes in and he starts doing things, I think people will realise how seriously good this manager is. Um, it's His only downfall and his only flaw is that he has quite a explosive personality. Um, he doesn't get along with boards that well, which I can see being a factor, you know, when, you know, things go bad he's definitely going to get himself the sack. There's no two ways about it. Okay. So, yeah. The way that, that the board have been recently, you know, with spending so much as well in the summer, mm -hmm. uh, wanting to revamp the squad, do you think that it'll be an issue anytime soon? The, the sort of players that they're looking to bring in, the approach that they're having towards getting first um, first choice targets? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it really is dependent on where we are in six months um we need to you know see which players are staying which one are, which ones are going inevitably there are going to be players that are disappointed with Tuchel um you know being left out and stuff it's because not everyone can play and obviously he's got six months to sort of turn the season around so he's not going to want to change a lot um I'm sure he has his ideas about what he wants to do but I think those can probably only be implemented if we have a proper pre-season um, and he has a bit of time to work out what goes where. Um, but I think, what was your question? Um, it was to do with the board, you know, yeah, yeah. more proactive now. Yeah. Possibly it would be less... Uh, less yeah, I think... To worry about with them and Tuchel. I think it's... The build-up, that the, the, the building that we did over the last six months the signings that we made, it will prevent Tuchel from being too um, disappointed with our squad. I think we have a fantastic squad. I, I can't stress it enough. It's really, you know, we've got a player that that for, for every sort of need. You know, we have players from midfield that can score. We have defenders that can, you know, keep clean sheets and contribute goals and fullbacks that are crossing and strikers that are scoring goals. So, like, you know, aerial goals and, and you know, in be behind defenders and stuff. Like, we've got players for every necessity. So I can't see Tuchel needing or wanting, you know, a whole bunch of new players. I think yeah. if he wants to get someone, I think he'll see eye to eye with a board on, on them because I think the sort of players that he likes... Um, are very much in line with the sort of players we sign. Um, young, you know, quick, dynamic, um, hungry, aggressive. Those are the sort of players that, that we have right now. Um, so I think it's a really good fit. And apparently he has been a big... Um, he's been attracted to the Chelsea job for a long, long time, beyond yeah. 2017, because he believes that we run our club um, to his taste the way a football club should run. And, you know, when I compare ourselves to any other club in England, I wholeheartedly agree because it's, we are standout performers in every competition when it comes to Champions League or Premier League or whatever. We just seem to be proactive in improving our squad specifically to um, a manager's needs. We don't buy trash. You know, we buy talented players and then 
if it doesn't work out, we manage to recoup the fees because we know that those are talented players. And Tuchel, as a manager, he won't go for players that are of any less standard than what we want. So if we go for a new player, say if we go for Haaland, you can bet your bottom buck this guy is going to get Haaland scoring 100 goals a season. Easy. He's you're gonna he's gonna make sure every signing that we make will be the same, will, will sort of suit his needs as well. And I I really believe it can work if if everyone's just sort of patient and understands that this isn't gonna happen overnight. And I know that you can't ask for much, you know, from Chelsea for for, for that. Um, it can be a really good relationship, and and we can really I think once the dust settles of Frank's departure we can start to appreciate how good Tuchel is as a manager. I can't, I, I, I'm really itching to see him in full-fledged action, honestly. He's he's so good and he's so talented and I can't wait for everyone to watch him. I really want to compare the way that we are playing now compared to the next few months. Uh, you know, whenever it's set in, his play style set in, just see the difference and compare the, and just find, you know, find out how much and how much experience can really change of the team yeah I, I think it, it's you know if frank for me lamps would have still been here if he brought in someone with a bit of experience with a bit of know-how about um how do you manage these young players to how do you get them to play a certain style or certain way or do them get them to do new things in training but I don't. I just don't think he had that. He had. He had. You know, Joey Morris and and Joe Edwards and Anthony Barry. I just don't think that's enough. I think you need a sort of older head, someone that's been through a lot of football. Um, and I just, you know, I I, I believe that was his downfall. But I think with Tuchel, he's forty-seven. Um, so he's been around the block. He's been in management for a long time. Um. I really would love to refer people to this video that I saw um, of him. He was talking at a convention and it's like a 45 minute um, video. He talks in German, but there's in English subtitles. I like, I'll put it in the bio of, of this video. Um, and the way he speaks about um, not just football, but also lifestyle and, um, you know, things that athletes do to at the top of their games things like diets and and sleeping and um you know uh, well-being all those kind of things it's really you know you can see that he's he thinks so much more than just 442 or 433 he he really understands the requirements of an elite athlete and you know when i say he's a geek I really, you know, he's really a geek in, in, in that he he's so educated and he's so well read on, on sports, not just football. Um, and to have someone like that come in and educate our young boys, guys like Kai and Mason and Timo and, uh, you know, Reese and Tammy, it will be priceless. The, the education they get from him will be priceless. And, you know, I'll, I'll go back to it again. He's really the closest thing to Guardiola in football right now. And we will soon see that. We will soon see a complete change in mentality, in attitude, in aggressiveness, in um, composure, and just the ability to get go step onto that pitch and know you're going to win a game. 
uh, I, we haven't felt that in a long time. It, I haven't felt consistently that, okay, we're going to win the next game and the next game and the next game. And then we got Man City, we're going to win that one. Then Liverpool, we're going to win that one. I haven't had yeah. that in a long time. And yeah. I think with Tuchel, if he can coach these boys properly, I think to really take to him, uh, it can be really, you know, t- top class. The, 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 the result can be really top class. Yeah, I hope that too. I think that we, we definitely have the squad that can achieve that. Yeah. So why not the manager too? When do you think he's going to come in now? When do you think he's going to be announced? Maybe tomorrow? Yeah, I think um, we've got Wolves on Wednesday. So they're hoping that he he's obviously not been in, in football. So he has to quarantine for five days. Um, okay. But apparently he can join the Chelsea bubble for training and for matches only, which yeah. is a good sign if he, if he tests negative. Uh, yeah. the PCR so hopefully that's all fine and we've got Wolves at home so that should be that's a that's a bonus that we have them at home mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we get to see him on, on the bench on Wednesday hopefully can't wait <laughs> yeah yeah I so can think of one player that would love to see him back I would love to see him at Chelsea and that's Pulisic yeah absolutely I think Pulisic Kai Timo uh, Rudiger I think these four are probably buzzing to see him and to mm-hmm. work with him. Um, I think Rudiger is going to be quite an interesting one. I think Zuma um, will probably get dropped. I really uh, I have a feeling he, he's going to get dropped for Rudiger and he's going to go forward with, with Thiago Silva and, and Rudiger. I mean, I can't see him changing too much to start with because it's difficult to, to get players playing a, you know certain tactics and stuff. I think it's just build confidence, make them believe that they can win and, and score goals and you know, just get them going again. And then we've got a big run of fixtures, you know, at the end of the month. So, you know, hopefully he's prepared them well for, for that as well at, at that point. But overall, I'm, I'm really happy that we got to a call. Really upset that we, you know, had to sack Lampard and undoubtedly we'll, he, he'll be back at Chelsea um in the near future but um yeah i mean that's basically i mean that's it right i mean how we just have to we're gonna have to wait until we have a few positive results or negative results to to see how our things are going yeah i'm just looking forward to the games now and uh, seeing how they go yeah because it's going to be an interesting few weeks ahead in the mixture of holidays and uh exam time for me i know i know i know but i mean Chelsea, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Nice one. I'll catch you next time. Yeah. Catch you next time. Safe, safe.